it's time to talk about all things mental health. This is Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. As a seasoned licensed therapist, Cecile is the owner of Transcend Therapy and is here to inform, guide, and connect you on the big and small everyday happenings that affect our mental and emotional well-being. Cecile is passionate about making a lasting and positive impact on people, connecting them to their own wisdom and strength while having a little fun along the way. Get ready to challenge the power of your human spirit. It's time to get mental. And now here's your host, Cecile Ahrens. All the things they say should matter, corrupted by the senseless chatter. So hi everybody, welcome to Get Mental. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I hope you guys are having a great week. Today, I'm going to talk about something that is such a normal, common, universal experience. I seriously don't know anybody who's never struggled with this um, to a smaller, a lesser, or a greater extent. And this is the subject of I'm not good enough feelings of inadequacy okay so you know the first question that came to mind when I was thinking about this topic is why do we all feel this way at some point in our lives or you know for some people unfortunately chronically in their lives or persistently in their lives why is that and, you know, why isn't any of us pretty much spared from a little bit of insecurity? Um, why can't we, you know, like I said, I don't know anybody who's never experienced this. And so, of course, my inquisitive mind was, but why? Why? You know, because even people from, you know, uh, great childhoods or non-abusive childhoods still have a little bit of this going on. And the conclusion that I came to, and this is all like my own, you know, hypothesis, is that because we all hurt, we all hurt, we all have been hurt in one way, shape or form, and we all have inadvertently hurt someone else, whether knowingly or not. So pain, pain is my central hypothesis here. Pain is at the center of insecurity and feelings of inadequacy. I do believe that this negative core belief of not feel I'm not good enough is rooted in pain, shame, insecurity, inadequacy, and feelings of unworthiness. But all of that is really, you know, if you, if you want to simplify it, is about pain deep emotional pain, a sense of emptiness sometimes, a sense of, you know, um, insignificance, okay? So how does it manifest? What does this negative belief, I'm not good enough, look like in your day-to-day life, in your day-to-day functioning? So some indicators or warning signs may include, this is not an exhaustive list, it's just a, 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 a list to give you guys an idea for self-reflection, is persistent negative self-talk, meaning self-talk is the things we tell ourselves, right? The things we tell ourselves consciously or not 
when you've made a mistake or when you've, you know, done something that you're not proud of. Like, I'm a loser or, oh my God, I'm so stupid. I'm so dumb. Some of these things seem benign. Like you think you're just, you know, kind of being um, accountable or uh, silly. But the self-talk, you have to be careful about your self-talk because you're sending yourself a message. Every time you tell yourself you are a negative this, a negative that, right? It might seem benign, but over time, if that's the quality of your self-talk and it's only, if it's mainly negative, that has a direct impact on your sense of self, which then directly impacts your sense of worthiness and um, your sense of adequacy, okay? So that's one of the things you guys can look at is what is my self-talk? What is my self-talk when I'm doing great? or when I did something that people are celebrating or that, that they're proud of. That's another indicator. Because a lot of times people who are insecure or have a lot of these issues have a hard time taking up space, okay? Have a hard time also giving themselves the proper amount of credit when they have done something that is, you know, um, a you know, a, a, noteworthy or something that people are valuing. You know, a lot of times when you are not feeling very good about yourself, it's also hard for you to take credit or to take a compliment or to just receive, you know, that kind of um that kind of love and validation from people. So that's another thing about self-talk, right? Persistent self-doubt. Doubting yourself, in other words, all the time. Um, the doubt that leads to not making decisions or indecision. Doubt that leads to um, playing it small and safe all the time. Self-doubt that leads to, you know, not being able to trust your own judgment and, and just trust your own abilities. So the opposite of self-doubt is self-trust. And self-trust is super duper 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 important. You know, I was thinking today, I'm like, what would be the best antidote to feelings of inadequacy other than treating the cause, right, of the trauma, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit. And to me, it's really about being able to trust yourself enough. Because when you have enough self-trust, you can take more risks. You can do more things. You can you can fail because you trust that you're going to be able to handle that, right? You can you could just be a little bit more brave and courageous in your life, you know, when you have that self-trust. And that is a great antidote to feelings of inadequacy because it's not about just eliminating this feeling altogether. You know, it doesn't really... Life doesn't work that way. It's not that clean cut. But if we could create a little bit of space there in your life where you're still working on the insecurity, but we could build a little bit of self-trust, then you could, you know, have a little bit more choice and power in your life as you continue to heal this thing. Okay, so that's one way it could work out. So back to um, indicators or warning signs. Self-abuse is another w way that you can start to uh, see if that is linked to feelings of inadequacy. Because essentially when we're abusing ourselves, okay, and I'm going to elaborate about what that means, 
there's a sense that we don't like ourselves, right? We don't, we're not respecting ourselves and our bodies. We're not respecting ourselves and our time. You know, you're not viewing yourself in high regard. And so you inadvertently are hurting yourself. So the way that self-abuse can look like is um, literally for some people, it's self-injury, it's cutting, it's hurting yourself, slapping, you know, banging yourself against the wall, right? Like it's, it's awful to think about and to talk about, but let's get real here. You know, this is what this is all about. This is what I'm doing these talks for is to really, you know, let you guys know that I, I get it. Like we, people in our field, like we understand, you know, we're not going to judge you if you came to us and you said, listen, I've been doing this, you know, I'm going to be super proud of you for speaking up and wanting to talk about that, right? And like I said, we all have issues. So they, they, there isn't any shame in any of this. It's, it's about finding, hopefully, the resources and the right fit so that you can, you know, start the, the healing work. But self-abuse is a big one. You can self-abuse through self-injury, like I said, through addictions, through toxic relationships, toxic relationships, Toxic relationships, I'm going to say that one more time, toxic relationships, because I think when we think of self-abuse, we don't think about that, right? So the people in your circle is also a reflection of how you feel about yourself, okay? Everything emanates from that place. At what we say yes to at work, what we say yes to in our personal lives, you know, what we say yes to when we're out in public, our boundaries, our decisions, big and small, I would argue are largely linked to our self-esteem and our sense of adequateness, okay? Our sense of worthiness. So self-abuse is one of the things you guys can look at. Substances, addictions, toxic relationships, eating disorders, this is no judgment, okay? This is just anything that is where you're internalizing the harm that's being done to you and you're internalizing it and turning it inwards. It really breaks my heart when I think about it. And I've been there. I've been there. I'm not just saying this from a textbook, okay? So another indicator is perfectionism. Okay, when you have a lot of perfectionistic tendencies, at the root of that, when we start to unpack that and we start to really, you know, explore all the reasons why you think you need to be perfect, what we always find deep down underneath is that sense that I have to be perfect to earn love, to earn approval, to gain attention. And attention becomes love and approval, you know. There's all these kind of distortions that we start to create when we're trying to seek validation from the outside, right? And there's a healthy level of that. We all need some kind of external validation. You just don't want that to be the only way you gas up your tank, so to speak. You don't want to rely on that because that's very finicky. You'll, you, you, you're not always going to get externally va validated, even if you're doing an amazing job, you know? So we have to learn how to anchor ourselves within because sometimes those external validations are not available or you're not going to get, you're not going to receive. So 
Um, but when you have that kind of sense of security and confidence and self-trust, that can sustain you during those dark or hard times. So perfectionism, again, you know, I want to focus a little bit more on that. A lot of times it's a false sense of control, right? If I'm perfect or if I can do this perfectly or if my world is perfect over here and I'm, you know, doing all these things just to make sure everything's in place, right? It's a false sense of security because we don't have that much control. And I've said this in my previous talks, meaning it's not about perfection. There is really no such thing. You might feel a sense of perfection, but it's a fleeting moment, is it not? It's fleeting. And then you work so hard just trying to keep that facade. Ugh, that sounds exhausting, you know, and it's just not healthy for you because there's no such thing. It will never be. It will never be. And it's not about perfection. It's about awareness and self-acceptance. Okay? It's about awareness and self-acceptance. The more you can accept yourself for the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else in between. And trust me, you know, we're all in that process. We all have our own self-esteem journey, right? What I find is the healthier your self-esteem gets, the stronger you get, the more confident you become, the more fearless you become because it's not about controlling and perfecting life or anything anymore. It's about being in it and enjoying the good, the bad, and everything in between, right? Even the dark times. I mean, I just went through a really, really painful experience. Um, and it was so hard and it rocked my world. But, you know, and I'm not completely out of the woods yet, but what I learned from that experience, because this is me, I'm always trying to learn from it, right? Is that if I could put it in its proper perspective and separate from it for a little bit, I don't have to let this pain dim my light. Right? I can feel the pain of it. I can say, yep, this sucks and I don't like it and feel the feelings around it, but I don't have to let it taint the rest of my life or my juice or, you know, I don't have to let that darkness dim my light, right? And as I experimented with that in a more conscious way, it really was liberating. It was hard, but it was freeing. But the problem is still there. The problem hasn't changed. It's still a problem. But, you know, that distance, that separation, that perspective, that decision that you are a problem, this is a problem, but I'm not going to let it dim my light, that really helps. But it's hard to do that when you're feeling no self-trust, uh, full of self-doubt, you're perfectionistic, right? And you're experiencing all of these kind of negative self-talk and negative feelings towards yourself. That's why I always say the most important relationship we're ever going to have is with ourselves. Outside of your, even, actually, even um, when you think about your relationship with your kids, your spouse, your parents, your friends. This relationship with you is still the basic foundation, in my opinion, 
you know? Like, without this being um, healthy enough, it's going to be, you know, whatever's happening here is going to affect the way you're relating to other people. So it's not your fault, okay? We all struggle with feelings of inadequacy. It's just a matter of degrees, okay? It's not your fault, but it is going to damage your life if it doesn't get addressed and if it's to the point where it really is, you know, having such a huge, significant, destructive impact on your life. It doesn't just go away. That's not how this works. Okay, so I'm going to talk about like how to address it. But back to the signs. I talked about persistent negative self-talk, persistent self-doubt, self-abuse, toxic relationships, perfectionism, um, playing it safe, you know, playing it safe in a way where it really hurts you more than helps you, right? So there's a time and place to play it safe if, you know, if you're kind of going to put yourself at risk or in a dangerous situation, um, by taking more risks, right? But like if you're playing it safe all the time because you're too afraid to fail or you're doubting your own abilities and capabilities, that might be, you know, a, a, a sign of deep down inside it's really about feeling inadequate and not about just not being confident, right? Because sometimes that confidence thing is how people um, can mask, knowingly or not, feelings of inadequacy, right? Um, so if you have a confidence problem, if that's been a pattern in your life, I invite you to just look at that and explore that. And, you know, maybe there's something deeper going on and there is hope. There is hope and there are things we can do to help you with that. Poor boundaries, you know, is another indicator. Conflict avoidance, meaning you just, really try to avoid conflict, you're very uncomfortable with it, right? And part of the reason that is linked to feelings of inadequacy is if you're not feeling good enough, then your standards might be, you know, kind of down here instead of at a healthier level. You might be more accommodating and accepting of certain types of behaviors and treatment from other people. You don't want to be overconfident either, right? Like that's kind of more ego stuff. You don't want to be like on down here either where you're have almost, you know, you have little confidence. We're always going towards the middle. Okay. That's the healthy spot, you know? So boundaries, just look at your boundaries and see kind of like what you're saying yes to, what you're saying no to, how hard is it um, to talk to people when they've hurt your feelings? How hard is it to, you know, negotiate your needs? How hard is it to create safety for yourself and how how are you fighting with other people you know that's another indicator if if there's a lot of anger and shaming and abuse that usually means that person who's being really aggressive and abusive it's a reflection of how they feel about themselves and it may not be obvious because they're kind of exerting power and control over this other person but deep down inside happy people don't do that, right? Secure people and, you know, people are really feeling good about themselves, don't need to do that, right? 
I mean, there are exceptions sometimes if there's like some, you know, chronic, serious, severe medical and mental health conditions that can exacerbate that kind of anger. But oftentimes it really is rooted in traumatic experience. And I'm getting close to talking about that, okay? So a couple more things. Passive or passive aggression, that type of communication style could be an indication that there's a lot of this I'm not good enough belief going on. Depression, irritability in children, anger issues, anxiety disorders, or just anxiety in general. Maybe, you know, there you've never been diagnosed, but you're just, you know, always like, worried about what other people are going to think or say um, and it really prevents you from taking the next step in your life then definitely time to see a professional for that um, academically if you're struggling or poor performance at work at school that could be an indication of low self-esteem financial tr financial troubles um, because usually when you're not feeling good about yourself you can be impulsive because you're trying to use external things, right, to make you feel better. Sometimes retail therapy or retail addiction, um, you know, is an indication of that because you're trying to fill some kind of void, right? And it, it, you get that immediate fix once you buy this this thing, you know, that, that you think is what you need. Um so looking at just your financial patterns, your spending patterns, um, because, you know, your judgment can be off when you are feeling this way about yourself. Just basically a sense that you're not where you could be, you know. I know for me when I was struggling with that more persistently, when I was, you know, a little, a little younger, not that I'm that old, but, you know, when I was in my 20s, I really just had this sense of like, I can't put my finger on it, but I just don't feel like I'm where I can be. You know, I, not even where I should be. It's not, it, was, it wasn't even like that. It was more like, it's, I'm not where I, I believe I can be. I'm not living my, at my potential, you know? And that luckily, you know, for me, I had access to help and therapy and so forth. Um, in the States, that's a lot easier to access. But for some of you who are listening from the Philippines and other parts of the world, it may, it may not be. So, but, but please don't let that stop you, okay? Meaning, I know there are still some resources even in the Philippines. So let this be kind of uh, an opportunity for you guys to explore that option. Um, you know, if you're, some of you are watching and listening right now, this is great. You wouldn't be listening and watching to this, right? If there wasn't a part of you that was wanting to explore this subject and just mental health in general, you know? So give yourself that gift if you are able to access that kind of support because it literally can be life-changing. Um, so let's talk about causes of, you know, Feelings of inadequacy. Well, the single best, most common answer I have for you guys, and based on my experience, and this is also based on a lot of research uh, or literature, is trauma. Trauma is our single biggest problem, okay? 
and there's little traumas and big traumas. What do I mean by trauma in this context? Child abuse, physical, sexual abuse, emotional abuse, okay? Trauma, 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 trauma. Neglect, emotional neglect, physical neglect. That is traumatic. Trauma, 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 trauma. Some kind of injury, whether it's physical, emotional, psychological, that is painful enough that starts to really erode your self-esteem and your sense of worthiness. Doesn't matter what type of injury it is or what degree of injury it is. What matters is the impact it had on you. The impact it had on you. Trauma, trauma, trauma. Trauma, trauma, trauma. Okay? You may have had a great childhood then something happened at school, you were bullied, right? Or in college, or you were robbed, or you were raped when you were a young adult. Trauma, trauma, trauma. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter how, okay? So we have a question here saying, how do you break from the trauma? Because I'm tired, thank you for the question. So that's what I, the next thing I was gonna talk about. But before I do, I just wanna talk about some other factors, okay? Trauma, 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 and then there's the modeling, the messaging, and the social comparison, okay? Just, just a few seconds there. So modeling means the model that we're seeing out there, right? People are, you know, depending on who your role models are, and you should start looking at that. That's the kind of life you're trying to create and emulate, right? Is the model. So be critical. Critically think about who your models are and why, you know, and really like evaluate that. Like what is it that they have that I want and why do I want that, you know? So I would suggest you guys start looking at models that don't just have all the bling, but really are living an aligned life and are happy about it you know, that are really kind of like anchored in something solid within, right? So model messaging is equally important. That's the reason why we're in this predicament as a country and as a planet, right? The messaging, why is trauma the most pervasive problem? Because for the longest time, we've not really prioritized mental health and we've not conceptualized mental health as an essential part to being happy. We've looked at health as the physical component of health and the dental, right, component of health or eyes. You have an optometrist, you have a dentist, you have a doctor, but if you have a therapist, ooh, ooh, right? We're still stigmatizing this damn thing when this is so key. This affects everything. They go hand in hand. I'm so passionate about this. Sorry, guys. I hope I'm not, you know, too out there. But that's why. It's not your fault. It's only in the last decade that I feel like we're finally turning a corner, at least in the United States, where we're being more open about this trauma thing. We're being more open about mental health. We're being more open about getting people help, making it accessible, right? So it's been a long time coming, but I'm glad we're here because we've been here all along. 
You know, therapists have been here all along. It's just finally the message is getting out and the, the world is ready to hear it, right? So that's the reason why I truly believe trauma has been so prevalent because we never got a chance to, to break the pattern. You know, and so trauma gets passed on from one generation to another, T. It gets passed on. These patterns repeat themselves. And so if you were hurt by mom and dad, for example, I'm not saying you are, right? Then most likely mom and dad hurt your mom and dad, right? Or the lack of mom and dad hurt this generation. And if you don't break the pattern, then it just keeps going. So how do you break the pattern? What do you think I'm going to say? Capital T. Therapy is one of the most important tools to do that. Because in therapy, you get to unpack this stuff. You get to hopefully heal from it, right? Incrementally, it's not like we're just going to, you know, make it all go away. You got to do the work. You got to process the pain. You got to feel some of these feelings then you can finally put it away. What happens is when we're not processing it, when we're not dealing with it, you're spending a lot of energy repressing. You're spending a lot of energy suppressing. You're spending a lot of energy just keeping it together. Well, as you guys probably know, that only takes you to, to a certain distance, right? You start to see some of this stuff play out. And what I said, it plays out in your self-talk, in your relationships, in your self-abuse, in your over-control, in your perfectionism, in your conflict avoidance, in your codependency, in your boundaries, in your anger, your anxiety. It plays out. And it's not your fault. It's not your fault. But now that you have more knowledge and insight, it is now your responsibility right? Once you've had a little bit of an aha moment and an awakening, now you have a choice. Now you have a different way of looking at the problem. Okay? So if you have access to mental health care, that would be my number one, number one recommendation. Non-therapy recommendations would be looking at your social environment. Who's in your life? You know, what's the quality of your relationships? Do you feel like you're being respected and celebrated and encouraged and loved? And I know that's a complicated thing. And the process to getting that kind of self-esteem where you, you're strong enough to say no to these things is exactly that. It's a process. But start looking at that. Let's, let's peel the, the veil of denial little by little and start evaluating that part of your life because your relationships is a reflection of who you are at that juncture in your life, okay? And how you're being treated is a reflection of what you're accepting or you're, you're, you're willing to accept in your life at that time. And again, no judgment, okay? It's just about and look at your situation from the outside in. We all need that sense of separation so you can be a little bit more objective about like, huh, 
I need to get real with myself here. This is this is not working out. I'm, you know, if there's more if there's abuse, right? If there's more pain than pleasure, if you just feel devalued, um no. And if you don't know how to navigate healthy relationships, meaning you don't know how to even create and get out of this toxic one and create a, a better one, that's when therapist again, you know, can really be helpful. But if you can't afford it or you're not quite ready for it, just start seeking out more positive individuals, you know, start picking the brain of healthy people in your life and start kind of watching them and learning like how they do life. Okay, because there's a very there's a very distinct way of functioning in that in that landscape. You know, versus if you're in a toxic situation. And trust me, like I said, I'm not just talking from a textbook here. I I know that this work is hard. I I've, I've had to do my own work, but it's so worth it. Getting worthy is so beautiful, you know? It's, that's what really anchors us. Our worth is what anchors us, especially during hard, dark times. I'm gonna repeat that. Our worth, our sense of worth is what anchors us, especially during hard and dark times. It's what can sustain you. Is, is when you know, like, you know what? Life is not going the way I want it to be, but I'm still okay. I'm going to be okay. Like, when you can say that in the darkest moments, that's, that's what it's about. That's what the work is about, you know? Because your car is not going to make you feel that way, right? Your grand mansion is not going to make you feel that way. It's still this. It's still your relationship with you, you know? So, um, yeah, that's how passionate I am about this. So, T, I hope I answered your question. Therapy, looking at your social um, environment, and starting to break away from toxic situations, toxic relationships, you know. Um, sometimes, for some people, like, you might need to get treatment treatment like not just a therapist but go into rehab if we're dealing with really intense suicidal addictive behaviors you know you, you have to get to that point of surrender sometimes where you you get honest with yourself and you tell yourself like i just can't do this anymore i need support and guess what you deserve it you're not supposed to do all of this on your own by the way like it's impossible we all need support. We all have issues, right? That's the hashtag. And that's the hashtag because it ain't trendy. It's not because it's trendy, because it's 100% true. You're not supposed to be doing this alone. And as a matter of fact, I don't think you really can because we're not built that way. We're built to relate and connect and love. That's, that's part of why we're human beings and we're not, you know, a lizard. <laughs> so give yourself permission, okay? Um, therapy, support groups is another resource. Reading books about your experience, you know, self-help books. I mean, of course, that's not a replacement for therapy, but just start to get in the journey of 
feeding yourself new information, you know, to start to kind of correct and challenge some of the modeling you've received, some of the messaging you've received, you know, but once you get to that place of clarity of like, you know what, I'm ready. I'm ready to break the pattern of my parents, of my generation or whatever, because guess what? You can. And when you do, you break a pattern for an entire generation. That's how amazing it is. You know, once you get to that place of clarity, slowly but surely things can start to get better for you. It starts to feel very different living in that space, you know, and again, it's a process, okay? There's no magic pill, there's no magic therapy, but there are things that we are trained to do to help facilitate this process in a safe way and in a way that gets you better results, okay? Um, narcissistic recovery support groups, absolutely. Uh, it depends where you are. So maybe um, maybe I message me, Somebody's asking about narcissistic recovery support groups. Maybe message me and if I can give you like some resources specific to your uh, location. Um, but if you're in San Diego and you're listening to this, you know, the best thing to do other than Google is 211. So 211 is a local number that you can call. It's kind of a one-stop shop for all of your support group needs, local resources, social service needs, food stamps, COVID-19 testing, like it's just a great resource to, to contact. And if they can't help you, they usually, usually can refer you to someone who might be able to. So 211 in San Diego. Um, so the message that I really want to leave with you guys, other than it's not your fault and that there's hope, is that you are already worthy. You may not feel that way. You may not believe that right now, but that is the spiritual truth. That has always been and will always be. You are already worthy. You were born worthy. You were born light. You don't have to wait on some grand moment to claim that, okay? Imagine if that message was made explicit to you ever since you were a baby and it was repeated to you over and over again. Then the likelihood of you feeling so inadequate is very slim, right? But the opposite is what happens to us. We're born worthy, we're born light, the United Declaration, um, Human rights, you know, uh, what is it? The UN Rights Bill of Human Rights, right? Sorry, I'm forgetting that exactly. Um, even says, you know, that we are, we have an inherent right for respect and everything else that it spells out. It's all about affirming our rights and our worth, right? It's already there. We know this intellectually. The problem isn't that. The problem is we get separated from this truth. It's already true. We get separated from the truth because of all the painful experiences 
we end up experiencing along the way, along the journey called life. And that's the pain that people cause us is because of their pain. And the pain that they caused you is because of, sorry, the pain that they were carrying was because of somebody else inflicting this pain. So this is what I mean by generational cycles, right? Critical parents, perfectionistic parents, you know, abusive parents. If that's the modeling and the messaging and never got interrupted, you're just going to keep passing that on. And then everyone else, your kids and so forth, right? You get the picture. So you're already worthy. You don't have to wait on some grand moment. The problem because of the painful traumatic experiences we experience along the way. Okay. But that's what's waiting for you. You get to claim that again when, you know, you've done some of this healing work. It's there for the taking. It's there for the taking. Okay. Your worth is not just a dollar figure. You know, when you think about, you know, when you hear people say, well, that's what I'm worth. So that's what I'm charging. Okay, great. But don't get it twisted. <laughs> that's not all you're worth, you know. And when you're not getting your dollar figure, I hope you still feel like you're worthy, right? Like, as, as long as, like, you guys are, you know, understanding. Like, it doesn't end there. Your worth isn't just about that. It's not just about your professional or material accomplishments, you know. It's your character. It's your values. It's how you feel about yourself when things are not going your way. It's how you still feel about yourselves when life isn't happening the way you planned. You know? And it's, it's the quality of your life and your relationships. That's really what self-worth is ultimately about. You know? And... It's what anchors us, like I said before. It is ultimately what anchors us. So get worthy, guys. Get worthy. Get mental. Get some support. It's never too late. You're never too old. In fact, you're never too sick. And I'm going to talk about that in another talk. One of my clients passed away. We've been working for 10 years off and on. She'd had severe trauma. It breaks my heart, but I'm so happy as well that we got to work on some of the really, you know, sticky, painful worthiness stuff. I mean, in while she was dying, we were working on that very belief. You know, I asked her, is there anything that you want to be kind of free from? Anything you want to really like, not feel anymore before you die. And it was, I just want to feel worthy. And a month or maybe six weeks before she died, we got there through a process called EMDR, which is a trauma-specific intervention that I, I, I'm trained in and I utilize, okay? This is why, like, therapy can really work because we're not, you know, we study these things and there's things we can do. But anyway, we did that and it was so moving and touching because she she got there. She got there before she died. And she I you know, it was so evident. She was able to receive love from people. I mean, it it was just freaking amazing. I mean, it was one of the highlights of my career. 
you know, and for her to die knowing that, what a gift. Some people never know their worth until the day they die. Don't let that be you. It's not too late, you're not too old, and you're not too sick. That's why I say that, you know? Don't wait until you really can't. All right, you guys. I really got into this one. This is a big one. I'm, I mean, I'm passionate about everything I talk about, but you know, I hope this was, as always, helpful, informative, and inspiring, and creates some kind of movement and motivation in your lives. And, you know, like I said, thank you. Thank you for your time and attention. I know it's important, you know, it's important and it's valuable. I really appreciate you guys being here and listening. And I hope that um, you take this information and put it to good use for your own health and happiness. All right. Okay, you guys. So like I always say, be well, be gentle, get mental because we all have issues and you are worth it. Okay, bye for now. Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. To learn more about Cecile, become a sponsor or guest on Get Mental, or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Aarons. Oh,